in today's show. I'm looking ahead to Monday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I am back. I went and saw Hamilton on the weekend up in Sydney. It was unbelievably good. It was excellent. I don't know what more I can say about it. It was awesome, but I am back now, ready to crack in and look ahead to Monday across the NBA. First game. The Knicks and the Nets. Nerlens Noel hasn't been particularly good in terms of minutes. Now he's still racking up some big numbers, especially last game where I think he had four blocks and two steals. But we know that Tom Thibodeau cannot help himself, that he has to play Tyus Gibson. And to be fair to Tibbs, which maybe you'd say that I'm not always fair to him, but to be fair to him, Noel has had horrible negative plus minus in those games, while Taj has had absolutely huge Plus minus. So going with a player who's playing better and producing more in terms of leading to wins is is uh, is yeah, fantastic. That's what you should do. But it's not great for Noel and his fantasy value. I do think that we should be holding on to Nerlens, um, because even in you know, 24 minutes, he still can produce those games of two steals and three blocks, which are, are highly valuable in fantasy leagues. We'd love him to get 30 minutes, but let's see what the minute split looks like here. While a bloke that absolutely has no justification for playing as many minutes as he does, Alfred Payton, continues to start. Now, sometimes it'll be 27, sometimes it's 23, sometimes it's 16. He has no 12-team league value, but what he does is he hampers guys like Alec Burks, who played an astonishingly low 15 minutes last game. It hampers Emmanuel quickly. He's not really the greatest fantasy player anyway. It hampers Derek Rose. It hampers Reggie Bullock. It hampers everybody on the team, really. So I want to see if they can make any sort of definitive decision. There is absolutely zero chance they're moving me out of the starting lineup. But is he a starter in name only, a 18-minute night? a minute-a-night guy, or is he going to be one of those guys who just fluctuates continually? And it's going to continue to shit me. For the Nets, it is a back-to-back for Brooklyn. They started in their last game, LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin. Now, when I saw that, I laughed and said, there's no way. This is not going to work. And they got beaten by the Bulls, who won their first game since the trade deadline. And you know what, Steve Nash? That shit serves you right. So I don't expect that they're going to go back to that. In fact, I don't expect Griffin even plays in this one on a back-to-back. But I do want to watch LaMarcus Aldridge, who's played okay, I wouldn't say that he is anywhere close to a must-roster 12-team league guy. The numbers are okay, but they're not particularly good. And we still have to incorporate Harden back, who might return for Monday. And we still have to reincorporate Kevin Durant back, who probably won't be back Monday, but he's going to come back maybe a game or two after that. So uh, let's see what Aldridge can do. Maybe he's he's definitely at least a stream option for Monday. But he's not a guy I'm looking at as a must-roster player. And the thing that did that I feared would happen when Griffin and Aldridge brought, was brought in has happened, unfortunately. Nick Claxton, who is by far their best center and your best offensive option, has played 22 minutes combined in the last two games and played just eight minutes on Sunday. With Griffin out, hopefully they give him more minutes. And hopefully it's just a little bit of like, hey, let's just see what Griffin and Aldridge can do. Let's put them together and say, see, I told you dickheads it wouldn't work if you played big minutes. And now we're going to give Claxo big minutes. But this was the fear that name brand value which you know, I don't know if Steve Nash is a good coach, but you feel like some of the like Steve Nash's coaching because there's brand name, brand name value in it. 
there is a, a bit of that happening with Aldridge and Griffin taking the better players' minutes in, in Claxton. So yeah, Claxton's a pretty clear drop in fantasy leagues, but I want to see how they use him and how that impacts the guys like Aldridge and Griffin if he does happen to play in this one. Let's go on to the next game. There was a lot on that one. The Cavs and the Spurs. Isaac Okoro put up a pretty good scoring game in the last one, but it is hard to get a full judge on the Cavs with Nance and Allen missing a bunch of time. I'm not running to add Okoro anywhere, but I'd like to see him string some solid offensive performances together. Well, Kevin Love had his first double-double last game. Again, no Nance, no Allen. What do they do with Love? Do they bring Nance off the bench so they can start Kevin Love and play him 26 minutes? I think Love is more of a streaming option than any sort of must-roster guy, but he's looked not too bad here at this point. While for the Spurs, of course, as soon as I say to Keldon Johnson again, you know, Get that garbage out! He comes out and has a really strong game. I am not falling for that at all. I am not adding him, but I would like to see him for his own purposes and for the Spurs, him to continue to put together some good games. And maybe if he puts three or four together in a row, then he becomes back to being must-roster, but he isn't at this stage. Well, Yucca Pirtle is really thriving at the moment, really impressed with what Pirtle's doing. His minutes are up. He's staying out of foul trouble. He's got high field goal percentage. He's grabbing boards. He's blocking shots. He's doing so much, and he's living up to all the advanced stats have been shown that Pirtle is a very, very good player. We are starting to see that translate onto the court in last larger minutes and providing that fantasy value for us. I think that's really important for us to see. Tell what else is important for us to see, guys. Built Bar, because you know what it is. It is the best tasting protein bar ever. And we have had Built Bar Madness right across the month of March. And you can go and check out the winner over on BuiltBar.com because... The championship, we're here. We're here for the championship, and it's come down to a couple of chunk flavors, and the champion is Coconut Brownie Chunk. That was voted the best Built Bar flavor. So when you go to BuiltBar.com and you want to order yourself some Built Bars, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to say, sorry, and check back and go and have a look at the uh, the champion. Revel in their glory over at BuiltBar.com. Coconut Brownie Chunk is your Built Bar Madness winner. Let's go on to the next game. We're looking at the Wizards and the Raptors. And again, this just could be an absolute shit show of a game. Um, With Dan Gafford out, Robin Lopez is getting big minutes. He's actually putting up 12-team value. I wouldn't say that he's a must roster, but he's absolutely in play if looking for some big man numbers as a stream option. And we don't know whether Rui Hachimura or Bradley Beal are going to play. Now, we saw Denny Avdia, his minutes, I think he's played 30-plus in four consecutive games without Beal. Now, if Beal and Rui play, he's probably not going to see that much action. But he's starting to put together some at least better performances, nowhere near a 12-team league guy, but I'd like to see at least Denny start to do more because it has been a pretty disappointing rookie season, I think, overall, especially from a fantasy perspective. And for the Raptors, Kyle Lowry is out, and it's possible that Fred Van Vliet is out. And that means that my mate, Malachi Flynn, will get a start if Van Vliet is out. Now, I think Flynn is going to become a pretty good fantasy player in time and a pretty good NBA starter in time as well. And this might be the beginning of something interesting. We'll see what that means. You'd feel like Lowry is not going to be with Toronto next season, and maybe this is just an opportunity for Van Vliet to perhaps move into a starting role alongside Van Vliet. Of course, they've got Gary Trent that they can slide in there and and play different alignments, but I want to see Flynn. I also want to see the wiki, Chris Boucher, who started the last game. Unbelievably. It's just amazing that uh, Nick Nurse went that direction, but this is why you know dropping him is, was such a hard decision because we know that good performances can come. And we also know we can get absolutely embarrassed by him putting up six and three in a 17-minute game. And that is always, to me, at least until it's proven otherwise, going to be the problem with Boucher this season. 
Next game is the Kings and the Wolves. Terrence Davis went bananas last game. Seven threes, pretty solid minutes. He's cutting into some of D-Line Wright's playing time. Um, he's also cutting into some of Buddy Heald's playing time, to be honest. Heald's gone from like a 36-minute guy to like a 31, 32-minute guy. And that, it, it seems marginal. But when you look at it, you know, getting so many bulk minutes and then cutting them down to 31-32, it does have an impact on Heald's value. So let's see how the Davis, Heald, Wright, and even Halliburton minutes. I think Halliburton's pretty safe. But how Davis, Heald, and Wright, how their minutes look. Um, I'm not saying that we're adding Terrence Davis, but at least in deeper leagues, we need to be aware of his name. The fact that he's taken those Justin James minutes and he's taking minutes away from guys... um, and getting some uh, those Mohawkless playing time, but also taking away a little bit from Buddy Heald there is important. For Minnesota, they're not likely to have, well, they're not going to have D'Angelo Russell, and they're not likely to have ravishing Rick Rubio. So Jordy McLaughlin's going to get another start. Now, his first start in that scenario wasn't particularly good, but the next game he played 40 minutes, and there was big numbers. So I think he becomes one of the best stream options for Monday. And I think he is a pretty good point guard, and I'm very intrigued to see him out there. Also, we've got uh, Goose, Anthony Edwards. No, D'Angelo Russell, unlikely to have Malik Beasley. So another big opportunity for Edwards to put up big shooting numbers. Um, hopefully he puts up good efficiency numbers, but he's also contributing in other areas now, which has been really, really impressive from him. Next game is the Pistons and the Thunder. Mason Plumley is going to be resting, so Isaiah Stewart, you would assume, is going to be the starting center. Should push to 30 minutes. And I think, yeah, he was a guy that... The last couple of games, he'd pushed under 20 minutes. Is he worth holding? There is this value here, and this is what we thought towards the end of the season, that Plumlee would not get phased out, but we'd have minutes drop a little bit, some games off, and that started this week. So Stewart's at least a good option to add for Monday. It is a five-game week for the Pistons, so you can look to hold him for the rest of the week as well. And it's going to be the second game back for Kelly and Hayes. Um, the Dennis Smith opportunity looks like it's come and gone. Hayes played 20 minutes. Now, he didn't shoot particularly well. I'm not saying that we're looking to add Hayes in 12-team leagues because we're not. Because it's going to be a long way, I think, before he yeah, hits that relevancy level. But I just want to see how he looks. Can he look better? Can he look more comfortable in his, what, ninth game this is going to be? Can some of the shots start to go in? And let's see how much they use Killian Hayes here. Well, for the Thunder, the last two games, Tony Bradley has played more minutes than Moses Brown. Now, one of those was due to foul trouble, but both of them were like 30-point ass kickings. So Bradley got more playing time. He's a name to watch. And also how that impacts Moses Brown is something to watch. But in this game with Roby out, with Baisley out, I feel pretty good about Brown getting solid numbers. But Bradley is someone to watch. We've seen him have some good games already this year. He had a double-double for the Thunder the other day. And he's at least someone to have on your radar. So is Fima Heyluk, who is going to most likely get another start with Dorton, Baisley, and Shea out once again. Heyluk is a guy that is mainly just going to be scoring in threes. But with so many players out, the opportunities for him to do a little bit more are probably elevated in this game. Guys, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. In fact, college basketball is in full swing for what, like one more day. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code locked on. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. All right, next game. 
the Jazz and the Mavs, the Jazz, they won by, what, 50 points, I think, last game. It was an absolute ass-kicking. And Boyan Bogdanovich is starting to play a little bit better. I wouldn't say he's a guaranteed must-roster player, but for a points, a free-throw percentage, and a three-pointers boost, he does have some value here. But in general, he's an ad. He's a guy you watch, and then he'll go out and shoot 35% on, with 10 points, and it's go, what the hell did I bother for? Which has been the story of Bogdanovich all season. Joe Ingles also falling off a little bit. He was literally like a 70-plus percent true shooting guy, which was going to set, I think, the NBA record for best true shooting for a perimeter player. Um, Big numbers from Ingles, but that has started to wane a little bit. Not saying that he's a drop in 12-team leagues, but he is towards the back end of your roster. While for the Mavs, Jalen Brunson is pushing back into that early season form, getting high 20s to low 30s in, in minutes. It helped that we had no Josh Richardson last game. But even before that, Brunson was putting up some pretty good numbers. A name to watch, definitely like a 14-team league guy, but someone that can be streamed in for 12s. And then Dorian Finney-Smith, this is a perfect stream opportunity for him. He played a shit ton last game. Maxi Kleber likely returned, so that probably dints a little bit of Finney-Smith's value. And his value really comes from steals and not much else, but he is going to be playing a pretty significant role for the Mavs. Next up is the Suns and the Rockets. McCall Bridges hasn't been playing particularly well. I think it is a bit of a buy-low opportunity for him if your trade deadline is still active. So let's see him do something good against the Rockets. And DeAndre Ayton, we saw him start to push back, and he all right, now he's starting to find the form, and the last couple have been disappointing. Now, it is a really good matchup going up against Houston, so hopefully Aiton can get 30-plus and drop a big double-double, but there's a chance it is also a blowout, and he doesn't play particularly well, and he plays 26, and this has been the worry with DeAndre Aiton all season. For Houston, there is no John Wall. Avery Bradley playing well. We have seen Bradley on really bad teams have you know, really short stretches of 12-team relevancy. Remember back to Memphis a couple of years ago, where he had like a, what, a 10-game streak of being like a top 50 player. I'm not saying that we're adding Bradley, but if he gets 25 a night and starts putting up high scoring with high efficiency and bringing steals, then that does have some relevancy. So not someone to completely overlook. Well, we also want to watch Kevin Porter Jr., who, again, without John Wall, should be getting his assist numbers to spike. And let's hope he can settle in because so far this season, he is still around the 150th ranked player. But his value does spike when John Wall is out the majority of the time. Let's look at some stream options. Geordie McLaughlin, Isaiah Stewart, Rudy Gay, Ty Jerome, and Svima Kaluk, both in Oklahoma City. And then for points leagues, we're looking at the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, Jaden McDaniels, the salt flake, Theo Maladon, Alexei Pokyashevsky, and Jordan McLaughlin. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.